And welcome back to the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DK Sports Radio. I'm Chris Carter here with Dale Lolly. It's the weekend. Rookie camp is underway here, Dale. Now, it's not it, this is rookie camp. I want everyone to know it's cool <laughs> to, to see the, the guys in the jerseys and all these, but it's it's not this this huge thing where like groundbreaking stuff is happening. It's just. You're getting the first glimpses of the guys. Everyone's going through the motions. Like I, I, I saw people posting, here's the first handoff to Najee Harris in a Steelers practice uniform, and there's no one in his way. It's like, this isn't that big a deal. It's cool getting little tidbits like Pat Fryermuth is, you know, he hates his baby Gronk nickname. And, and you know, uh, uh, Kendrick Green, you know, you know, wanted to make sure he got 53. And, then, of course, that's Marquise Pouncey, and they talked about it. You know, but Dale, I still think, you know, this this kind of stuff, it's cool to keep up with, but this is still just kind of we're just waiting to see how these guys do integrate with the team. This is this is the baby steps of getting these guys to know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, Chris, um, you know, I was there for practice today or, or yesterday, I should say, and and they didn't even throw a football. Like there were no passes thrown. It was just getting these these rookies on the field for the first time and showing, okay, here's how we do this. Here's what we do with this, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, they've got one quarterback even in the, you know, at the rookie camp, uh, that being a guy on a tryout, uh, Roland Rivers out of uh, Slippery Rock. Mm. Uh, they're not going to throw a lot of, you know, this is why when, when people talk about, you know, the Steelers draft a quarterback, um, you're just not going to do it because unless unless you're serious about that guy because right. you know it's just uh, rookie it, it's tough for rookies like they're showing Roland Rivers you know how to to get in and out of a huddle things of that nature you know, how to take a, a center snap mm-hmm. uh, because you know I'm sure it, sure that that didn't happen a lot you know one of the things let's just get into it okay so one yeah. of the things we we keep yeah. hearing is that. The Steelers need to get under they, – they need to get their, their quarterback under center to mm-hmm. be able to run the football. That thing. Not true, folks. Yeah. Yeah, first of Not all – even was, close to being true. There was a ton of handoffs to Le'Veon Bell when he was in the sidecar where yeah. because he was able to see the field in front of him, it worked out for him. It, it, it is not a mandatory thing that you have to line up under Sander, center, to, you know, turn around, hand the ball off, and then the guy's going forward. There this is be, not – 1977 exactly watch college football watch how the game is played um you know so yes there are times and Kendrick Green was asked this today you know how often did you <laughs> how often did you snap with the uh you know with the quarterback under center said none. <laughs> like only when we were running a quarterback sneak <laughs> right you just don't do it all that often in in today's football that's just the reality of the situation catch up with you know watch watch the Ravens how often is Lamar Jackson under center not very exactly. often, uh, you know, every, every quarterback around the league, you know, most of the majority of snaps around the league are taken for with a quarterback and a shotgun. Uh, doesn't mean you can't run power football out of that. Doesn't mean that you can't do everything that you want to do in the running game out of that. Doesn't mean that you, you know, if you watch Peyton Manning at the end, Peyton Manning wasn't lining up under center a whole lot because right. Peyton Manning, when they were trying to run the outside zone stretch stuff, couldn't get to the corner anymore. No. This is the last two or three years in the league. So they went to a pistol formation to give to get him a couple steps so mm-hmm. that you know he could cut that that distance down. You do things like that to help your quarterback out. Yeah. To help your offense, you know. And so 
you can run play action out of a shotgun formation. Mm-hmm. You can do all the things that people say the Steelers need to do out of a shotgun formation. Doesn't mean that you're not being physical up front. Doesn't mean that you're not, you know, pushing people off the line of scrimmage up front. Uh, you, you, it's just a different way of football, and, and it, it's the way football is played today. And, and that's the thing. People, again, people want to associate – you know, play action with the old school play action. And I get it. Ben Roethlisberger has been the Nobody's taking a, a, you know, a a seven step drop anymore. It just doesn't happen in today's NFL. It doesn't happen. And, and, and I get it that, you know, the last time you make people, when people try to think about a time before Ben Roethlisberger, that's 16 years ago. You know, that's, that's a, that's a long time ago. It's more more like 17 or 18 years ago, but still 2003, right. 2003 is another generation of football players ago. I was, I was in middle school. Like that's how long ago that was. Um, and, and, but that's, but that's kind of my point here is that the game has evolved so much during the time of Ben Roethlisberger and we've seen it. Like what, you know, remember the, the, the Colts playoff game where, you know, where they came in and they, they hit a lot, they did a lot of play action. They were, they were hit, they were throwing to Heath Miller and Heinz Ward and Randall L behind the, the Colts defense. You, we saw the evolution of the game with Ben Roethlisberger and now, because they think, oh, well, they got Najee Harris. It's like, no, they, they, they still had a premier running back in Le'Veon Bell, and they still used the shotgun, had him line up as a sidecar next to Ben Roethlisberger. It, it's, not, it's not some foreign thing that they're just like, oh, we have to get back to doing this. It, it, it's just the new wave of how the NFL works because people are getting smarter about the game. You know, it's the same way how when you go back and you watch the Steelers of the 70s and you see everyone line up and then put their hand down at the same, t- same time and how basic those formations look – it's just how the game evolves. Yeah, no, I do think that there will be some times when, you know, when Roethlisberger is obviously under center, um, but people expecting to see that all the time. And, you know, it, it's just going to be, you know, you're going to pick your spots with it. And there are going to be times when they run jet motion and, and things of that nature and, and just add some different wrinkles to this. But I don't know that the Steelers are going to be any more or any less under center than they than they have been. I mean, that's just uh, the reality of the situation. It's the reality of what the NFL is today. Exactly, it's, it's it's a reality. And and again, the Steelers can succeed with this. That's what I think. People are like, well, if it's the reality, they're doomed. Ben, ben it, we we all know Ben ain't running nowhere. Uh, but. We also know that he doesn't need to. You can still line up in the in, in the shotgun, hand the ball off. And here's the thing: when a running back is a true threat and a team's fear, even if he's lined up in the sidecar, when you're, when the quarterback just looks to him and puts that hand out, those linebackers, they freeze or they'll go, or they come up. If, if he's, if he's really a threat, we saw that a lot with Le'Veon Bell, how sometimes guys would just freeze because they didn't know, okay, is this a run? Is this a pass? And that little freeze, if you have a guy that's athletic enough in the middle of the field and they got some athletic guys, Juju lines up in the slot a lot. You know, Juju said that they might line him up all around. So you might see some Deontay Johnson, some Chase Claypool, some Eric Ebron, maybe Pat Fryermuth. You got all these different guys that have the athleticism to get behind linebackers in the middle of the field and take advantage of when you use play action, even out of the shotgun. It is completely possible here. And again, you know, when people are, are, are wondering about, oh, what are you doing in rookie camp? It's like, guys. They are getting these 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 guys just the the baby steps of getting acclimated to what it takes to just be in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, you know, in, in many cases, especially with again young quarterbacks or offensive linemen, it's about you know a lot of these schools don't even huddle anymore. Right. 
you know, you've got somebody on the, on the sidelines, you know, with, holding up a, a Donald Duck sign with an airplane. What the <laughs> hell does that mean? I don't know. Uh, you know, so they got to learn, you know, how to get get in and out of the huddle, use the verbiage, do those kind of things uh, before you can. You got to be able to, to, to walk before you can run. Right. And, you know, I, my favorite signs are always the when they start throwing ESPN guys up on there and they're and they're like, here, here's here's Scott Van Pelt. Here's here's Kenny Maine, who's, by the way, leaving ESPN. But, you know, uh, you know, here's all these guys. And then they start throwing. But the whole point is, yeah, it, this, the systems are different. They're weird. They're wild in college. And then when some of them make their way to the pro, because that's the other thing, you know, people like Chip Kelly tried for years to bring certain things to the pros. Most things don't stick, but some of them do. And that's eventually what we see happening in the NFL. Um, there's another aspect. You brought up the no huddle you know, aspect of, of the game and how that, that works. You know, I want to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to get your thoughts on something that was said this past week by a Steelers rival that I thought was interesting. Here on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DK Sports Radio. I'm Chris Carter here with Dale Lolly. Remember, you can subscribe to DK Sports Radio anywhere. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted. If you're having a problem with Apple because they've been tripping lately, be, be sure to inform your friends. Hey, you can listen on Spotify, Google, and all these other places. Um, now, Dale, something that came up when you brought up No Huddle, it, it, it kicked something in that happened earlier in the week where Marlon Humphrey was on a podcast or something, and he was talking about how this past year, he said that he could hear Ben Roethlisberger during games because there was no fans there. He could hear him call out what routes the Steelers receivers were running. And then he was like, oh, well, I'll just start jumping those routes. And at first, the reaction from a lot of people, Dale, was, wow, that's, that seems dumb. That's just how predictable the Steelers offense was. But then people, I, I was like, wait a minute, guys, let's think about this. So what you're saying is he knew what the Steelers were doing and they still got swept by the Steelers in, in those in those games. That to me is wow. But it's another aspect that I think that might get overlooked going into this next year. We just had a year where most stadiums were empty, a lot quieter. You could hear more things and things getting shouted out. Heck, we could hear more on TV. Now, you know, people are talking about everyone wants to get their fans full back in the stadium by September. I think that 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 could it might not have an overarching huge impact on on all like the final scores, but I do think there's going to be a lot of minutia in in between games that's going to change back the element that we've been used to and we kind of maybe forgot over the last year. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's funny that that Humphrey would say that, you know, um, because the Ravens won run one of the most predictable offenses in the league. That too, um, you know, and I think it's their offense is very. I, I, predictable might not be the right word, but basic offenses in the league uh, because their whole offense is predicated on Lamar Jackson, just taking off and running with the football. Uh, they don't have, <laughs> it, it's not the most complicated thing in the world. They don't ask the receivers to run very complicated routes. Right. Um, now, he's very good at doing that, but that's no, why absolutely. it works. Yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> that's why you can do it. Um, but, you know, to, to say, well, there's Steelers, you know, that's that's you. Every team does that in their no huddle. 
there, there's, you know, you may have some keywords or something and, and, and the opponents pick up on those things and you know what it means, or you hear it on, on film or you see, okay, when he makes this hand signal, they're going to run this. You still have to stop it. Uh, even if you know it's coming and with, without fans in the stadium, Cam Hayward talked about it last pre or last off season that, Hey, we're going to be able to hear what the offense is doing. Mm-hmm. So that happened across the league. It's no, it's no shocking revelation that, oh, well, well, Marlon Humphrey said this. Well, okay, it didn't help you win either game. Um, you know, so let's, let's not get carried away with that. You still, have to, you still have to execute on the field, even if you know what's coming. You have to execute, and you have to out-execute the opponent. By the way, it just shows you how difficult it is to play defense in today's NFL. Mm-hmm. You can know what's coming. You could be a very good player, which Marlon Humphrey is. That doesn't mean you can stop that receiver from running a, you know, a, a crosser or an in or, you know, any, a, a quick slant, um, try go ahead. How many did Marlon Humphrey have a bunch of interceptions in those games? I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember him yet. I know he didn't play the second one cause he was on the COVID list. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess he's talking about the first game where the Steelers went down to Baltimore in their home stadium and kicked their butts. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that I, I think about this and he talked about how like, oh, yeah, and, you know, he, he even said even before the, this whole stadium thing became a problem with COVID. He said like how he, he, he always talked about how Antonio Brown used to used to regrip up his gloves and, and, and undo them and then redo them. And that's when he knew that the ball was coming his way. It still didn't stop him. Look, you know, every, <laughs> Antonio Brown did that before every play. So let's right. not pretend because the ball was coming his way a lot. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, OK, that, and that was something he said that and I saw him do that like on a couple just random pass plays or even like a couple run plays and i'm just like okay that wasn't that big of a deal of a thing but but even so it's like okay if if that's your tell if you really believe that y'all really didn't do a great job there was there were a couple games where antonio brown was limited during a ravens game but there were plenty of times that he was also lighting them up so it's like you said just because you know where an offensive player is going just because you or, or you think you know it doesn't guarantee you success in the NFL style because these these teams have these super freakish athletes, the, especially the wide receivers. You, you see guys as tall and as fast and as quick as Chase Claypool. You got you see guys as thick and strong as Juju Smith-Schuster. You see guys as explosive as Deontay Johnson. It's not it's, it's not it's not a simple matter of okay he's running a slant I'm gonna jump that. You still have to make sure that you're jumping in front of him because if you're if you're late for half a second, he's got to step on you, and then you're beat, and he's catching the ball. Chris, I'm looking here at the stats from that game. Marlon Humphrey had two solo tackles and two assists, no pass defenses, mm. no interceptions. Mm. So if he knew what they were running, he didn't do a very damn good job of, of, of <laughs> understanding what they were running or jumping any you know jumping those routes. If you jump those routes, you didn't do a very good job. Roethlisberger was not intercepted in the game. In fact, the Ravens as a team, uh, looking here, had uh, three pass defenses. Three pass breakups. That's And they knew what was coming. Right. And that was when the Steelers were starting to throw the ball a lot. So it's like that should have been – because I think a couple of them might have been like batted at the line. Like not like, uh, not like, oh, we jumped the route. Like, okay, we just put our hands up because it was a short route. Um yeah, Calais Campbell had one. Tyus Bowser had another. Exactly. So those were two bat downs at the line of scrimmage. Marcus Peters had the only pass defense in that game. Sheesh. So Mar- uh, Marlon Humphrey didn't even get that. So I mean, keep running your mouth, Marlon Humphrey. It, it, it's, uh, you know, whatever, man. Uh, people and, and people will run with that. And all oh, the Steelers' offense so predictable. 
that's not the case. Guys say that all the time about this. We knew they were running this. We knew they were running that. Okay, if you knew it, stop it. Also, in that game, I, I just I was grabbing PFF for their advanced stats. They said, uh, according to PFF, he was targeted four times and gave up four catches. So, yeah, not so sure how good that was. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but nobody again. would bring that up to Marlon Humphrey. Hey, Marlon, if you knew what was coming, <laughs> how come he gave up four catches in the game? Yeah, he didn't have any pass defenses. You really jumped those ones, boy. That really, yeah. And, and look, uh, and look. That's not saying that Marlon Humphrey ain't a heck of a corner because he is. He's a he's a very good. He's, he's one of the best corners in the league. I agree, and he's to me, he's one of those guys that you know brings. Like I'm excited to see him line up against a Juju or a Deontay or a Chase. I'm excited to see him line up against Steelers receivers because that's going to be a battle. There's 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 going to be and those are X's and O's things that I love to watch. Say, ooh, where's this matchup going? Um, but at the same time, it's like okay. Buddy, yeah, maybe, maybe not say too much right there, you know. But uh, put it this way: yeah. if the Ravens really knew what the Steelers were going to run, they wouldn't say anything about it. Right. You keep that information keep that to, to yourself. yourself because you want them to continue doing it. You want, you know, you say hey, we don't want them to change what they're doing here. We want them to keep doing things the way they do. So I, I, I just look at the whole thing as highly questionable. It's, it's highly questionable. I, I think it's a good way to, to, to put this whole situation. It's just like, ah, you say these things, but was it real? I don't think so. The reality doesn't back it up. And the reality doesn't back it up. And, hey, again, you know, it, it, if, if, if you guys did know what was going on, how, how come y'all got swept? Even if Marlon Humphrey – because if Marlon Humphrey knew it, then he would be telling his boys, hey, watch out for this. And uh, that certainly didn't help them in either game. But, uh, but hey, that's still some of the fun things we get to talk about in the offseason, just different p- things we pipe up. We're going to keep you tuned in with all things Steelers, Pirates, Penguins here on DK Sports Radio. Uh, thanks again, Dale, for hopping on the podcast. Uh, thank you, listener, for listening to DK Sports Radio. Remember to subscribe We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Leave us a five-star view with a positive comment. Those things help out the entire network. Stay tuned. we got a lot more coming your way here on DK Sports Radio. <laughs>